Welcome to Broken Catholic, the number one Catholic voice in America. On this show, I talk about the important things that no one else is talking about, like why the world isn't working right now. The Protestant Reformation is over. Christians now have more commonalities than differences, yet evil is spreading and the enemy is winning because we're still fighting each other over self-righteous labels and high-level theology. If you disagree with me, then you're part of the problem. Listen, as Christians, we're all baptized into God's family. We all want heaven, and we all struggle with the same human brokenness. United we stand, divided we fall, it's that simple. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist who was almost murdered twice. But God spared me because he had a higher purpose for my life. My mission is to unify Christians everywhere. This show was created for you, the person who wants to be accepted and loved and reminded that God has a higher purpose for your life. Let's get started. All right, fantastic. So uh, I grew up in a family of uh, six kids, uh, three boys, three girls, very Brady Bunch back then. And uh, a dad was uh, military, uh, Irish Marine, and uh, had uh, just come out of uh, Vietnam and all the trauma that he experienced there. And uh, back then they didn't have PTSD or anything like that. So men just, you know, uh, fought battles back in civilian life, right, within their, their own minds. Um, but my dad uh, was very committed to uh, raising a good family, a good Christian family. And, um, but what he did, I, I say, is that he took uh, um, back then Catholicism uh, and then he mixed it with Marine Corps training. And, and when you put those two things together, Rhonda, it, um, I call it redundancy. Right, you have all those rules and regulations and disciplines. And we were raised like little soldiers in a way. And that was a very difficult upbringing. And I also want to say that we had a lot of love in our family and a lot of fun as well. But when it came to faith uh, and, and teaching about God, there was more focus and emphasis on uh, being approved by God or performing well and perfectly for God rather than relationship with God. Right. And, and I know for many of your listeners that they may have been raised in that situation as well. You as well. Yes. Uh, exactly. Right. So uh, you can't blame us for being little children who now grow up into adults who have this distorted uh, view of God, uh, that he's some kind of tyrant or dictator, uh, that we have to perform well or we will be punished or we will not be blessed. And, yeah. and that, that really, um, you know, it's taken me a lifetime to even have that awareness but I didn't have that back then. And, uh, you know, now I see God for who he is, but there's a long story in between and, and I'll leave it to you to really just dig into that story, but I'll fast forward just the highlights. Um, at, uh, age eight and a half, my parents, uh, went through a very nasty, uh, messy divorce. And, um, you know, the, the, uh, the soldier military run household was not, something my mother wanted to do anymore. And she hit her breaking point um, and she wanted out. And unfortunately uh, it, it became a violent custody battle for the kids for over two years. And uh, it, it was a terrible experience in, for all of us. But for me personally, I remember at that eight and a half years old, um, one of my uh, parents 
and I won't mention who, but one of them whispering, uh, well, I got to mention who now, uh, but uh, one of them whispering into my ear that uh, your father never loved you. It was all a lie. Uh, he's been pretending your whole childhood. Pick me, come live with me. And when I heard that lie over and over and over again, you know this, Rhonda, lies become the truth to us when we hear them repeatedly. Um, at first we resist them and we're like, no, that's not true. And I resisted it and uh, I put up walls. Like, how can my mom hurt me that way and say such damaging things? And, but over time, I think I really started to believe it. And what happened fast forward is that whatever relationship we have with our human father, we project onto our heavenly father. Right. Right. right? And, and now there's a view of betrayal um, my dad never really loved me. It was all a lie. He's just been pretending. I now subconsciously projected onto my heavenly father. And uh, at that age, I made an unconscious decision never to love again, uh, never to let anyone in to my heart again, because I never wanted to feel that experience again of betrayal. Um, and, you know, fast forward. Go ahead. Absolutely. And, and thank you for sharing that part. Because we all have that feeling, whether it be parents or a relationship with a spouse, you know, we, we get damaged through life and, you know, we are told lies and that's what silences that that's what creates our inner critic. You know, it's, it's those negative thoughts that come up as, as we have learned those as, a, as we're growing up and the fact that you have overcome that is is amazing and myself too i'm so glad that i overcame that and that's what our listeners are here for to silence that inner critic mm. but go ahead go ahead yeah i think you're so right on that and and here's the uh the lie i think that the enemy sells us is that we can silence the inner critic that we within our own power our own capability um can go within uh, to those inner parts that are hurt and broken and wounded from childhood trauma. And we can fix ourselves with all this self-love. And don't get me wrong, self-love, there's nothing wrong with it. But when self-love becomes the destination, uh, that's very problematic. And, and that is a lie. Um, and I know for a lot of people in the spiritual space or the woo-woo space, uh, they use terms like, oh, my inner goddess and my inner divinity. And listen, you're not God. If, right. And I say it to some of you know my friends that are in that space, and I'm like, uh, so you believe that you're a god or in a goddess, inner divinity? Absolutely, I'm in one with the universe, and I'm God, and the universe is God, and all this stuff. And I was like, so do you believe that poverty in the world should be ended? Well, of course. So do you think that kids uh, should go without food? No, I mean, every child should be fed. Great. Well, being that you're God, go solve world hunger right now. Yeah. Yeah. End it. Right. right. And if you can't, then you're not God, are you? No, absolutely not. Right. And, 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 and I just ask those, those just kind of poke questions that when we look to ourselves as the end, as the finish line, um, we end up falling really short and, and it, we only cause more damage to ourselves. And uh, so I, I bring this back to my own story. I did this. Um, and, and, uh, I did it with, I, I worship my own gods. I created my own gods, right. Cause I rejected my faith at that point, right. I made an unconscious decision never to love again. So now it was a focus on me, focus on go get what I want in this life. 
And I wanted my life to be different. I wanted, cause I grew up in poverty. So I wanted three things. I wanted to be happy. I wanted to be healthy and I wanted to be wealthy. Those are very simple boy desires, right? Yeah, and it's the, it's the 10X rule, right? As Grant Cardone would say, um, right? And, and, and I went out and I pursued those aggressively. And I made those my God and I turned my back on God because how could that God do, right? And, and I just had this whole distorted view. And um, at age 19, I started a professional nonprofit uh, uh, marketing company, um, I'm sorry, a professional marketing company. It wasn't nonprofit. It was a professional marketing company for national nonprofits. And we went out and I created and built up a team of 50 people. And we went out and hit the streets and raised money for these national non uh, nonprofits, these charities that were doing great causes and, and really helping the world. But they suck at marketing. They suck at fundraising. Um, so we would go out and raise the money for them and then give them this money for their causes. And we would take a transactional fee for our services. And it was a great business model for them and for us because they were getting free money for their cause. They didn't have to do anything for it. And within 12 months, we, uh, built that business to over $2 million in revenue. And we were like, what the heck did we just build? Like, wow. And, uh, then I scaled it into, we scaled it into multiple cities, um, and 2 million in every city. And, you know, here I was at 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, and eventually at 24 years old, I burnt out and did a early semi-retirement, um, you know, making good, great money at, at such a young age. And I took off for five years and, and I just partied my fortune away. And, uh, I lived the rock star lifestyle. Um, my party city of choice was Scottsdale, Arizona, and uh, I made really bad choices. And, and I'll say this very vulnerably, um, as I give in some of my talks and speeches, is that to all your female listeners out there, uh, I was um, pursuing uh, the gods of money, uh, the god of success, and the god of pleasure. And the god of pleasure looked like women. Mm-hmm. And I used uh, many, many women. Uh, for my own, you know, physical desires. And uh, I mistreated them and didn't realize back then that they were God's precious daughters. And, uh, you know, I own that. And to everyone that God has ever put on my mind, I have healed and restored and asked for forgiveness um, and contacted them and uh, just asked them to forgive me for that time in my life and what what I did. And I was just a normal boy. I didn't do anything abusive, but you know, I was just using and objectifying everyone around me and just getting mine out of this world. And that's unfortunately the lie that we're taught is that uh, go after what's yours, live life to the fullest, make sure you win. It's all about you. It's self-love, you, you, you. Everybody else is second, third, and fourth, and God's at the very far distant last. And I got everything, Rhonda, that the world says um, will make me happy. I got it all. I had everything that young men would ever want. Right. And I was the most miserable, depressed. Uh, I wanted to take my own life. Mm. And this was when I was rocking it out and sleeping around all over the place. And I didn't get into drug addiction or anything like that, but I was drinking and partying four or five nights a week and just spending money everywhere. And, And I was completely empty. I was an empty shell. And uh, just a very broken, lonely man. Um, and then, uh, you know, as God would have it, uh, I was the lost sheep 
And uh, he came into the darkness of Scottsdale, Arizona, left the 99 sheep behind and pulled me out by the scuff of my neck. I was almost murdered twice. Uh, he spared my life and removed me from that lifestyle. And the way he did it, uh, it was very prodigal son-like. Um, I lost all my fortune and I blew through all the money, everything. I bottomed out. I lost all my friends, uh, the girls, uh, my girlfriend at the time dumped me on my birthday. Um, and it was all within a two week time frame. Everything got stripped away within two weeks mm -hmm. and I hit complete rock bottom mm -hmm. and I had nothing. And I was faced with me. Right. And for most of your listeners, that's the most scariest place to look. Is in Absolutely. The Absolutely. I've been there myself. I have lost everything. And my God at the time throughout my life was money. You know, I thought we society teaches us we have to have money to be happy and be successful. And I too have hit rock mm. bottom twice. Mm. Wanted, you know, considered suicide, wanted to end my life, prayed God would take me home, you know. And once we are once we determine that those things are not our God, you know, money's not our God. And even us as mentors, we are not, we are not your God, you know, and building that relationship with God is, is where things start to change. And the fact that you owned your, you know, you took accountability and you owned your own personal destruction. So same as me. And you have to do that to move past and move forward. God forgives us and we have to forgive ourselves. And there and we, is, and we have to go ask the people that we hurt for forgiveness. Absolutely. And, and that's what many of us do not do. We just say, well, that was part of my past. Unfortunately, I hurt that person. I used them. Well, let me just move on with my life. And that unfortunately is a lie as well. And you will never be fully healed and set free or be open to God's full blessings for your life until you go restore those broken relationships. And, yes. and for many of your listeners, this sitting right now with broken relationships in their family, broken relationships in their dating life, uh, you know, exes from the past that they've scorned, they've hurt, they've burnt, and they've never gone and asked them for forgiveness. Right. Because their ego is stopping them from doing so. Their ego is saying, hey, why should you go forgive them? They hurt you too, remember? Mm -hmm. And that's not what God calls for. God yeah. doesn't call us to remember how others have wounded us and hurt us. God calls us to remember our part in it and to go ask for forgiveness. And he doesn't say, wait till you feel like it. Wait till you're fully healed. Right. Wait, wait till you're, you know, back and fully present. And, and now you're at this powerful place of self-healing and self-discovery. And now go and, and, and impart your generous forgiveness onto all those people that you have this trail of human wreckage behind you in your life. That is not what God says. That is not what the Bible says at all. God says, forgive in the exact measure that you want to be forgiven. Exactly. And see, this is what we leave out of it. So I had to learn, like people say, oh, wow, it takes a real man to, you know, admit that and then to go ask for forgiveness. No, actually, it takes a selfish man. 
And, and what I mean by that is I was selfish and looking for my own spiritual survival and saying, man, I want God to forgive me because I've screwed up my entire life. Like you said, I've destroyed my life. So if I want God to forgive me, I better go clean up and ask for forgiveness from all these humans that I've hurt. Because he's going to forgive me in that exact measure. And the people I withhold forgiveness from, God's going to withhold forgiveness from me. And I can't afford that. I've screwed up too bad, too much. Right? right? So I, I just share that for your listeners right now. There's something in your life right now. There is someone in your life that you're holding unforgiveness with. And it's blocking you from receiving the blessings that God's been waiting to give you in your life. You're blocking. You're blocking. So like, I get the silencing your inner critic, but there's deeper stuff underneath that. Like you're holding back forgiveness and holding people shackled, right? That you've hurt and you haven't owned your part. Sure, they've hurt you. It's what humans do. This is why we need God. We're broken. We're a mess. We're fallen creatures, right? So we hurt each other. It's what we do. It's who goes and cleans up the mess after they've hurt. That's the people that God calls us to be. That's what a saint looks like. That's what holiness looks like. It's owning your mistakes and then going and cleaning up your effing messes. I get a little passionate about this. I do too. I understand completely. (laughs) And you're so right. You have, I almost have tears of joy in my eyes. Tell me more. That, you know, the fact that we, we can make, make changes. We can forgive. We, we have the power. We hold the power to forgive others and to move ourselves forward into a, a prosperous life and an abundant life. We have that power, but we have to take action and we have to take accountability. And you, listen, you're so right. Like so many of us, Rhonda, like we want to be healed. I know there's listeners right now, viewers that they have not healed their childhood trauma. They're still carrying their little inner girl, inner child that's been wounded, hurt, abused. Someone stole their trust, right? Maybe a family member, someone hurt them, raped them, abused them, right? It it just, there's so much suffering. Everyone's suffering. Everyone's suffering and we don't know how to get free, but we all want healing. And what we don't realize is that if you want healing, you need to set, uh, create space for the people in your life to get healed. Because you're holding back healing from other people because you haven't asked them for forgiveness. Until you ask the person you've wronged for forgiveness, you haven't given them back their power. You're, holding, you're withholding their power from them. But then you're turning up to God and saying, God, heal me. Right. Well, God's not going to heal you if you're hurting, still hurting and holding contained in prison one of his precious children, another son or daughter. Like, and that was the lesson I really had to learn for myself is, man, I need to go set all these people free that I hurt so that I can get set free, so that I can get healed. You may call it a selfish action, and it is. That's survival, right? So even if you got to go do the right thing in order to, you know, be healed, go do the right thing. And, and does it suck to have forgiveness conversations? That's what I call them, forgiveness calls. It absolutely sucks. It's, it's painful, it's humiliating, it's humbling. And here's, you know, some of those girls that I called, Rhonda. And I said, hey, you know, um, I want to reach out to you. And I've really been uh, doing some inner work. And uh, what I've realized is that I wronged you. I hurt you. I used you. I be- right? However I said it. And I wanted to ask you, would you be willing to forgive me? 
And then I shut the F up. Uh-huh. See, most people ask for forgiveness and then keep talking. Right. Right. And they don't create the space for the person to forgive them or withhold forgiveness. See, that's the vulnerable spot. Are you willing to go ask the person you've wronged to forgive you and then give them the freedom to not forgive you? See, because when you give them the freedom to forgive or not forgive you, you give them your power, their power back. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and some of those girls, they didn't want to forgive me. And I had to be fine with that. I did my part. I asked for forgiveness. That's all God asked of. And then I set them free. Now it's between them and God. Exactly. If we, what I have learned through life is we have to be the, we have to do the right thing. We have to ask for forgiveness and it's their choice to accept it or not. But we have to be accountable for our own actions. And so many times we want to blame others. You know, we want to, we want to continue to focus on what they've done to us. Mm. And until we can forgive that person, they're still controlling our mind. They're still controlling our thoughts. If we don't forgive them, they still have power over our mind. And once we, we ask for forgiveness and we know we've done the right thing and we can go to bed at night, laying our head on the pillow, knowing that we took action and we took the steps to do that is when we can reach that level and, and go to bed at night with a good conscience and a good heart that, that we've put the love out into the world and we've asked for forgiveness for our sins. And like you said, we're all broken. Every single one of us are broken, but we have to step into what we're supposed to do. We have to step into being that loving person, that giving person, that forgiving person. So yes. And, and, your, your story is amazing. And I want to want you to continue on how you stepped in to your God-given superpower. Yeah. So I think you summed it up really well there, Rhonda, is that if you want to silence your inner critic, go heal all the broken relationships in your life. Mm-hmm. Like go do the forgiveness conversation, set those people free, ask God to forgive you, forgive yourself, ask others to forgive you. It takes three. There's three types of forgiveness in order to be fully healed in anything, okay? So uh, many of us do one or we do two, but we skip the third and then we're never fully healed. So go set yourself free. And when you set yourself free, you get healed and that inner critic or whatever you call it is released. There's nothing to criticize anymore because you did your part. You owned your mess, okay? And that's the key to it all, okay? So what was your next question? How did I uh, get my God-given... Superpower. Superpower, purpose, mission. Yeah. Um, I spent an hour a day in silence with God uh, for eight months every day consecutively. And there's a whole story behind that. I still do. You start your morning with with silence with God, don't you? That's correct. So um, I offer, I do spiritual coaching and uh, my clients, uh, that's one of the things I teach them is a holy habit right? And most of us start our day the wrong way. We start our day picking up our phone and letting the world in and all the noise. Um, And that's what we do in the first 30 seconds of our day. And then we wonder why our day goes to shit. Um, Excuse my term. Um, But we're we're all the same way. We all have that little uh, expression of uh, 
<laughs> so, so, uh, you know, now, um, you know, I teach my clients to spend the first hour of your day with God in silence. And I give them what I call a 40 day holy hour challenge. And I teach them the, the practice of a daily holy hour. And, and they're like, well, what is, what is a daily holy hour? Well, it looks like uh, sitting in silence in an undistracted place. That means nobody's coming around. It could be out by the lake or something like that, or it could be in your bedroom early in the morning. The family hasn't woken up yet, but somewhere where there's no distractions for 60 minutes exactly. Not 59, not 58, not 52, not 10, not 15. It, it's 60 minutes, and there's a reason behind this. Okay, it's biblical. Even Jesus himself said to the apostles in the Garden of Gethsemane, could you not spend one hour with me? Right. There's so many references to the one hour um, and the reason for 40 days of spending 40 days in silence. If you want to find your purpose, if you want to get your identity, right, the two burning questions in all humanity, who am I? Why am I here? Right. right. And there's, there's more books written on that than any other subject on planet Earth. OK, who am I? Why am I here? If you want those answers, they're not found in books. They're found in sitting in silence with the creator of the entire universe, the one who created you. That's where you find that answer. Now, the question is, will you put in the time? Do you actually care enough to go get the answer? Or are you just pretending that you want the answer, but not willing to put in the time and do the work? Mm -hmm. See, that's what it looks like. God says, seek me earnestly and I will reveal my face to you. To you. Well, what does that mean? Reveal my face to you. Well, it means if you're made in God's image and likeness and God reveals himself to you, then he also reveals yourself to you. See, that's how that works because you're in his image and likeness. So when you spend an hour a day in silence with God and let him speak into your life, your pur uh, his purpose, his plan, his will for your life, you start to discover who you are and why he made you. And you get three things. You get your identity, you get your purpose, and you get your specific assignments. Like what he's calling you to do. And many of us are sitting here wrestling and twiddling our thumbs and God, what do you want me to do? I don't know God's plan for my life and all this stuff. And I ask him, how much time do you spend in silence with God every day? Well, I, I mean, I pray I'm Christian you know, I pray great. You know, what does that look like? Well, like five minutes here and then throughout the day, I'll say one thing and here and there. I'm like, it's all good. It's better than nothing, but you're not committed to getting what you say you want. Right. If you spend an hour a day and this also is biblical the 40 days, right? right? 40 is the biblical number, right? It's the number in the Bible for it means testing. It's the number of testing. So 40 days in the wilderness, right? The 40 years wandering Israel, all this stuff is how God tests his people. It's the number 40. So if you look at all the great prophets before they were given their mission, their purpose, their stepped into assignment and their calling. What did they do? They spent 40 days with God, right? You look at all the prophets, Moses, he went up to the mountain, right? right? And, he, and he got empowered up. He got the 10 commandments. He came back down and did his thing, right? And then even all the way up to uh, New Testament, that's Old Testament, many examples in the Old Testament of 40 days with God. And then the New Testament, Jesus himself. Mm -hmm. Jesus spent 40 days in the wilderness with right. the Father, Right? Being tempted by the devil, but with the father before he stepped into mission. Right? He needed to get his identity. He needed to get powered up. Who, and what, here's what I mean by identity. Who does God say that you are? Not who the world says you are. Not who your friends say you are. Social media says you are. Not even who you say you are. Who does God say you are? That's the only thing that actually matters. Amen.
right? Yeah, absolutely. That's where all this inner critic crap comes from. It's right. because you're listening or you're judging yourself through the scope of or the lens of what the world says you are or what you say you are or your parents say you are, right? Rather than going to God and saying, God, who do you say that I am? Right. And why am I here? What's right. your purpose? What's your calling for, for your life? So when my uh, clients take on this 40-day holy hour challenge, they put in the time, God does the rest. He restores all their relationships, their finances increase. They get all the blessings. Like my clients, they avoid messy divorces, right? They get their spouses back into deep loving relationship like when they first got married. Um, there's so many different ways that God cleans up the messes in people's life when people put God first. See, there's a broken down hierarchy. Um, can I keep going here? Because Absolutely. Okay, yeah. cool. All right. So, cause I'm, I'm getting revved up here, right? Cause this is what yeah. I talk about with my clients. Cause it's fantastic. Cause I've used it for my life and I've cleaned up my entire life. Um, right. and now I teach other people how to do it. Right. So there's, um, if there's brokenness in your life, if there's messes in your life, it's because your life is not aligned with God's will. Mm -hmm. That's all it comes down to. It's literally that simple. Okay, so for your, your female Christian business owner women who are listening to this right now, they feel they don't have enough time, right? They're raising their kids, uh, they're single moms, they're doing it all on the, their own. They're, they're not giving themselves enough self-love, right? Because they're putting their kids first and they're putting themselves last. And then they forget about having time to you know, create a romantic relationship or anything like that. So they're just losing in all different areas of their life and it's exhausting and it's frustrating and eventually they just wanna quit, but they can't because they got little kids that are depending on them. So it's this vicious cycle they're stuck in. Mm -hmm. Right. There's a way out. Mm -hmm. That's the good news, there's a way out. And the reason why all this suffering is being caused is because your life is not aligned with God's will. Mm -hmm. There's a breakdown. See, God created your life to have a hierarchy. It looks simply like this. God is first. Others are second. You are third. Mm -hmm. I have a bumper sticker thing, not a sticker, but a license plate on the front of my car. It says, I am third. People uh -huh. ask me all the time, what does that mean? I am third. I was like, it reminds me because I have a big ass ego. It <laughs> gives me perspective and it's a check-in. God first, other second, I am third. Now that's if you're single. What if you're married? If you're married, the hierarchy of God biblically looks like this. God is first. Your spouse is second. Your kids are third, right? Then others, then you. Yes. Okay, yeah. that's the hierarchy of God. If you want your life to win, line up your life with that. Well, what does that look like practically? Your calendar, your calendar, okay? So I teach people in my, my coaching, my clients, I teach them how to create, recreate their calendar to line with God. So if, how do I put God first, right? The hierarchy, well, one hour in the morning. My first hour goes to God. That means he's first. I'm tithing him my time, not just my money. Mm -hmm. So I tithe him one hour of my day, the first hour, so he could pour into me, right? And I get powered up. So God is first in my day. And then I spend an hour with my spouse. I'm recently married, right? 
and, and, and I'm a newlywed. We just got back from 14 day honeymoon in Santorini, Greece. It was fantastic. We got back two days ago and it's like, my wife is my number two. Now here's the problem with many of your listeners. If you're listening right now, many of you have bought the lie that your kids come second right. after God mm-hmm. and not, and then your spouse is after that. That's a breakdown and it leads to divorces. It leads to a lot of pain and suffering for you and your kids, right? Mm-hmm. So never put your kids above your spouse. It's a recipe for disaster. Mm-hmm. Remember, you are one flesh. When you get married, you're one flesh. You and your spouse are now one. So your husband is as important as you. Your kids are next in the line. Well, Joseph, that sounds terrible. I mean, I got to put my kids first, not according to God. Mm-hmm. God's got them. Right. Do you trust him? Do you trust that he's a good father? Do you trust that he created those kids, that they're on loan to you? They don't even belong to you? That you co-created them with the creator of the universe? Do you trust him? Because if you do, then you'll surrender your kids to him. And you'll put God first one hour in the morning. Then you'll make sure you have an hour, at least with your husband, with your spouse, of quiet, intimate time together, just learning and growing, asking them what's going on in their life. Have you, when was the last time you asked your husband, what are you struggling with right now? Wow. Very powerful. Right? And if you're a husband listening to this, when was the last time you asked your wife, what are you struggling with right now, sweetie? Mm-hmm. Like we're all struggling with something. What, what are you struggling with? Maybe it's big. Maybe it's small. I don't know. What are you struggling with? I really want to know. And actually, like, listened and let them shared. That's intimacy. Intimacy is not just physical, right? That's, that's emotional intimacy. That creates that bond in that marriage that's so freaking fantastic, right? So then your kids are next, and you're going to be a better mom, a better parent. Why? Because you're now powered up in your marriage. Right. Because you're putting your spouse second. God is first. Your hierarchy is aligned now. So God's pouring through the top of the, the roof in your home spiritually. And then you're powering up the spiritual leader of your home, your husband. Right. And he's getting powered up. So now he's loving on you more. He's being more of the man and the lion in the household than the protector and the provider. You're getting everything you want as a wife and a mom and, and you know, a spouse. And then you're able to go and serve your kids more energized, more loved, more feeling lovable, feeling worthy, mm-hmm. feeling capable. See, many of your listeners right now don't feel worthy. Right. All, my, all my female clients, that's the number one thing they wrestle with is worthiness. Right. And I coach them through this. Right. So I, I don't want to ramble on too much there, but what questions do you have for me? Okay. So tell our listeners how... Um, they can find you where they can find you. Uh, sure. So it's josephwarren.net right there somewhere. And, um, I have two podcasts. Uh, one is called broken Catholic. Uh, and this is where I do Christian witness talks. I bring on, uh, Christians, Protestants, Catholics, uh, Jews. Um, I, sometimes I have atheists, I have agnostics on there and we talk about what is God doing in your life. And, and what I found across the board is most of us are all broken Catholics somehow. Somewhere along the line, a Catholic did us wrong or we were raised in, in a Catholic home and our parents presented the faith completely wrong and we're all just a broken mess now. and <laughs> It's all distorted. And we're like church hopping everywhere, trying to find truth or whatever. Um, there's no agenda with it. We just speak about what God is doing in people's lives. 
and it's inspiring and encouraging. So if you need hope in your life, that's the, the show for that. And then First 100K is the other podcast. Um, and that's where I bring on successful entrepreneurs and we uh, speak about how did they make their first $100,000? Because that's where I believe 90% of entrepreneurs are stuck. They can't get through the 100K mark. They're pretending they're winning, but they're actually going home broken alone. They're putting the highlights of their life on social media, but they're alone and they're a mess, right? So we got to get you to your first 100K. I share the top three tips or strategies every one of my guests has used to build their their empires. And uh, I have listeners that just start implementing them into their businesses. And I've had listeners that have now become guests on my show because they made their first 100K by implementing what they were hearing on the show. And it was just so cool. Um, so you can find me at josephwarren.net. And I offer spiritual coaching. I help people uh, break through those spiritual um, tiredness, the spiritual dryness uh, in their life. Maybe you're in a spiritual rut. Um, and we get you reconnected to the source, power, and energy of God, uh, your Heavenly Father. And uh, we, we teach you how to find your identity, um, how to find your destiny, your purpose, right? So that you're powered up, you're on purpose, you're on mission. Um, and so many of us are struggling and we need that right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. So check out Joseph Warren at josephwarren.net. BC Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your life without building faith in your business. If you want the business side of that conversation, I have another podcast called First 100K, where I interview successful entrepreneurs about how they made their first $100,000, because that's where I believe 90% of you are stuck and you can't break through. Go to first100k.com to find out how. I'm Joseph Warren. You were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day and I'll see you right back here next week.